Introducing in the blue corner, weighing in at 158 and one half pounds, the challenger, marvelous Marvin Hagler. Welcome, everybody, to part three of the life and times of marvelous Marvin Hagler here on the Hitman Chronicles podcast. This is your host, the original great Rob Silver. And today we take a look at Marvin Hagler's iconic, virtuoso, one-dimensional massacre of Alan Minter that took place September 27th, 1980 in the historic London's Wembley Arena. Now, the last episode, we took a look at Hagler's biggest win of his career up until that point, his August 24th, 1978 decision over Benny Briscoe in Briscoe's hometown of Philadelphia. So you see a pattern here. The first three episodes, Hagler is going to his opponent's backyard to fight. Episode one was his rubber match against Willie DeWorm Monroe. <coughs> Episode two was his breakout fight versus Benny Briscoe, both held at the Spectrum in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Episode three, he goes to London, England to fight Alan Minter in his backyard. Now, what occurred in the two years between Hagler's win over Benny Briscoe and finally winning the middleweight championship world against Alan Minter on September 27, 1980. Well, after beating Briscoe, Hagler's team, the Petronelli brothers, uh, were looking for a title shot. The undisputed middleweight champion of the world at the time was Hugo Coro. Bob Arum was Hugo Coro's promoter and basically had owned the middleweight division because he promoted most of Carlos Monzon's fight. And Bob Arum in the 1970s was as crooked as Bob Arum is today. More on that later on in the series. And you can hear all about my... Uh, uh, <laughs> historical overview of Bob Arum's uh, criminal activities as a promoter in early episodes. Anyway, when the Petronelli brothers and several Boston politicians, including Ted Kennedy and the mayor of Brockton, sent Letters to Bob Arum asking why is marvelous Marvin Hagler a the 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 greatest fighter to come out of Massachusetts and to come out of Brockton since Rocky Marciano? Why is he being ducked by first Rodrigo Valdez and then by Hugo Coro? How come he can't get a shot at the title? Bob Arum's answer was, "I have never seen Hagler fight." Um, I've heard of him, but I, I've never seen him fight, which I think was bullshit because this is 1978 going into 1979. 
the magazines and the newspapers all over the United States had talked about Marvelous Marvin Hagler. Marvin Hagler had already appeared on national television once. And the fighters that Aaron promoted, first Rodrigo Valdez and then Hugo Coro, they knew about Marvin Hagler. And they knew how dangerous this man was. So Aaron telling Ted Kennedy and the mayor of Brockton, Massachusetts, and the uh, Speaker of the House, Tip O'Neill, that he never heard of, <laughs> that he never heard of Marvin Hagler was pure lunacy and very ludicrous. It was, he was being full of shit. What Bob Aaron probably wanted, and this is conjecture on my part, was a piece of Hagler's career. And it wouldn't it would it, it it wouldn't shock you guys to know that from that point on, Bob Arum became Marvin Hagler's promoter until the day Hagler retired. More on that later. Marvin Hagler, after beating Benny Briscoe, finally got a shot at the title in November of 1979. But first, he was avoided by Hugo Coro. Hugo Coro fought Bob Arum's fighter, Vito Anafermo, first. And Bob Arum told the Petronellis and Ted Kennedy and Tip O'Neill and the mayor of Brockton that, okay, if Hagler shines against Norberto Cabrera, a guy who had beaten Hugo Coro, the former champion before, then I will set him up with the winner of Anafermo versus Coro. So both those fights occurred, I believe, June of 1979. Both were broadcast on ABC television. Uh, Hagler brutalized Cabrera, the corner threw in the towel. Anafermo beat Hugo Coro in a sloppy, boring fight. A lot of holding and hitting inside. Uh, Anafermo definitely won the fight, but it was sloppy. And... Watching that fight that night with my father, my father's like, Hagler beat these guys both for the same night. But Bob Arum, I'll give him credit. He was impressed with Hagler's win over Cabrera. And he promised. He uh, delivered on his promise. And on November 30th, 1979, Marvelous Marvin Hagler finally after years of fighting all the great Philadelphia middleweights of the 1970s, after beating every available middleweight contender, finally got his opportunity at the middleweight championship of the world, November 30th, 1979, in Las Vegas, Nevada, which was overshadowed by the main event, which was the night Sugar Ray Leonard was crowned as the new face of boxing with his... 15th round knockout of Wilfredo Benitez, a fight that I will talk about when I finally do do the Sugar Ray Leonard Life and Times historical overview. Anyway, that was the main event. The co-feature was Vito Anafermo defending his undisputed middleweight championship world against Marvelous Marvin Hagler. My father and I, this fight was shown on Friday night primetime on ABC television, ladies and gentlemen. So my father and I and my mother and my three other siblings sat in the living room and watched this fight. And 
for the first half of the fight, Hagler boxed brilliantly, landing combination after combination as he moved. Batted Anafirma with right jabs and combinations. Bloodied Anafirma. And my father and I were laughing because my father said that Hagler was the best middleweight he had seen since Monzon retired and that Hagler was going to be the next great middleweight. And taking that mantle from Carlos Monzon as the next legendary middleweight. Hagler tied down the stretch and Anna Fermo got to fight inside, hold, hit. Um, there was a lot of headbutts. And after 15 rounds, both my father and I had given Hagler 10 out of the 15 rounds. Our final scorecard, I'm trying to remember what our final scorecard. We had it 10 rounds to 5, so it would have been 145-140 we had it. Incredulously, the fight was scored a draw. One judge gave Anna Fermo 8 rounds. Another judge gave Anna Fermo 7 rounds. 7, seven rounds Hagler, 7 rounds Anna Fermo, 1 round even. Another horrible Las Vegas decision. Ladies and gentlemen, of all the cities throughout the world, no city has had more controversial decisions, more robberies than Las Vegas, Nevada. Anna Fermo should have given Hagler an immediate rematch. No, Bob Arum had other plans. Instead, he had Anna Fermo defend against Alan Minter. In the spring of 1980, Minter got the shot instead of Hagler. So Hagler uh, went on to beat up uh, Bobby Bugler Watts, got his revenge by knocking him out in the second round while waiting for this rematch. He beat Marcos Geraldo in a tough 10-round fight. Marcos Geraldo had given Sugar Ray Leonard hell the year, be the year prior. So Marcos Geraldo was a tough Good Mexican fighter. So Hagler stayed busy while trying to get that elusive rematch. Anna Fermo lost to Alan Minter in another controversial Las Vegas decision. In the spring of 1980, the British judge gave Minter 13 rounds. I had Anna Fermo winning nine rounds. My father had Anna Fermo winning eight rounds. No way in the world could you have given Minter 13 rounds. And Affirma was robbed of the title. And now, this, this really disgusted me, ladies and gentlemen. Hagler couldn't get an immediate rematch despite getting robbed against Antifermo. But Antifermo got an immediate rematch after getting robbed versus Minter. And in the rematch... Alan Minter bludgeoned Vito Anafermo, bloodied him up. They stopped the fight. And now Alan Minter was now the, finally the next opponent for Marvelous Marvin Hagler. Minter agreed to fight Marvelous Marvin Hagler in his own backyard. He was only going to fight Hagler if they had to fight in England. He wasn't going to fight Hagler in America. And you know what? It didn't matter where Hagler was going to fight. They could have fought on the fucking moon. Marvin Hagler was frustrated. Marvin Hagler was angry. Marvin Hagler was determined 
as he told Bob Arum and the Petronelli brothers when they signed the fight that he wasn't going to let the judges decide the outcome of this fight, that he was going to massacre Alan Minter. Leading up to the fight, Alan Minter stated, and I will reiterate this in the article that I wrote two and a half years ago, that I will read at the end of the podcast, that no black man could beat him, that he couldn't allow a black man to beat him. That added, that added more fuel to Hagler's fire for this clown to make such a racist remark against the best middleweight again on the planet. Alan Minter had a tremendous career. It, it takes a lot to be an undisputed middleweight champion of the world back in 1980. Okay? Despite the fact that I thought he lost the first fight to Anna he redeemed himself in a rematch. But for him to say such crap, and it also fueled the, fueled the fire of the racist goons that appeared that night at the Wembley Arena that were overly, overly in favor of Minta and who were ready to attack at any moment. And as you'll hear from my play-by-play, their actions were despicable, unwarranted, because their fighter, Alan Minter, was destroyed. Finally, September 27, 1980, Marvelous Marvin Hagler becomes the rightful heir to Carlos Monzon three years after Monzon had retired. Hagler should have gotten this title shot back in 1978. He got it in 1979. He was robbed. He, he should have been crowned on November 30th, 1979. Ladies and gentlemen, that night that Sugar Ray Leonard defeated Wilfredo Benitez, Wilfred Benitez to become the WBC and lineal welterweight champion of the world, you should have had Marvelous Marvin Hagler also crowned middleweight champion of the world. It should have been Two coronations that night going into 1980. The decade of the 80s belonged to four fighters, in my opinion. It belonged to Larry Holmes. Later in the decade, it belonged to Mike Tyson. The first half of the 80s, it belonged to Larry Holmes. The second half of the 80s, it belonged to Mike Tyson. And throughout the entire decade, it belonged to Sugar Ray Leonard and Marvelous Marvin Hagler. Those two fighters should have entered 1980 as world champions. Sugar Ray Leonard did. Hagler, through the blind judges in Las Vegas, had to wait another 10 months to finally be crowned the next great middleweight champion of the world. And so, ladies and gentlemen, I will now take it to my customary watch-along, the play-by-play portion, the recreation, the recreation of the fight portion of the podcast. Okay, we are getting ready for the weekly play-by-play of my historical overviews. Ladies and gentlemen, for those who are listening for the first time, mute your smart TVs, your smart devices, your, your Apple iPhones, your Androids, your laptops, your uh, t- 
tablets, your MacBooks, <laughs> your iPads, mute your devices. Go to YouTube. Type in the search engine, Marvin Hagler versus Alan Minter, Vintage Boxing. My buddy from the UK, Martin, I used his channel for the entire Muhammad Ali historical overview series. And now for the rest of the marvelous Marvin Hagler historical overview series, I'll be using his YouTube channel. So click on the Vintage Boxing. Marvelous Marvin Hagler versus Alan Minter. Mute, matter of fact, let me mute it. Let me mute my, okay, I muted, I muted my device. Mute, make sure you mute it, mute it. Go to the 17 minute and 15 second mark of the fight. That's the timestamp. 17 minutes and 15 seconds. Um, pause this podcast real quick. Set that up. Pause it at 17.15, the fight, and now we're back, and I'm going to do the countdown. Marvelous Marvin Hagler versus Alan Minter, September 27th, 1980, Wembley Arena, 17 minutes and 15 second mark of the fight on this link I gave you. Also, I'll have the link of the fight in the description of this podcast so you guys could just click on that link and go to the 17-minute and 15-second mark. All right, I'm going to begin the countdown, and then we're going to do the play-by-play. Five, four, three, two, one. Hit play. Here we go. Referee Carlos Baracal. Getting ready to ring the bell to to summon the timekeeper to ring the bell. You see Alan Minter making the second defense of his undisputed middleweight championship of the world. He defeated Vito Anafermo just a few months earlier in a massacre. Here we go, round one. Softball versus softball, which was rare back then. Hagler on his toes. Ooh, nice double jab by Hagler. Minter. Nice four-punch combination there, even though he fell short with the other two punches by Minter. Minter, oh, nice left-cross right hook combination by Marvelous Marvin Hagler. These uh, Minter being overly aggressive. Normally, Minter's on his toes, but Minter coming after Hagler, which is a mistake. Minter is not a punching. Beautiful left-cross over the top by Hagler. Minter normally is a boxer. Here he is. Standing in the pocket, trying to trade with Hagler, <laughs> which is a massive mistake. Hagler working everything off the jab. Both men have tremendous right jabs. Nice double jab there. Nice right hook inside by Hagler. And then Minter with a nice combination inside. Right hook by Hagler. Stiff right jab by Hagler. Minter should be on his toes. Nice combination by Hagler. Minter already showing damage on his face. Right to the body by Hagler missed jab by, by uh, Minter miss Minter missed with a left cross. Both men trying to establish their jabs. Now Minter, ooh, Hagler missed with a nice left cross. 
Minton not moving, but now Minton being overly aggressive. Nice right counter, right hook by Hagler, countered by a jab, and another stiff jab by Hagler. That jab by Hagler working beautifully here in the first round. Double jab by Hagler. Hagler, like I mentioned in the first two fights here on the historical overview of the life and times of Marvelous Marvin Hagler, worked everything off what I consider the greatest right jab in boxing history. Ooh, stiff right jab there by Hagler. Jab to the body by Hagler. Minter trying to counter Hagler with his jab. And Minter with a combination to the body. Then a left cross to the head. Stiff jab by Hagler. Hagler focused. Hagler finally getting that second opportunity that should have gotten that he should have gotten right away after he was robbed against Vita Anafermo 10 months before this fight. Minter continued to be aggressive. Now, Minter beginning to move for the first time in the fight. I guess he finally... Re oh, nice four-punch combination there by Minter. Minter, stiff jab. Minter picking it up here. Fighting much better now that he's... Oh, nice exchange there. Minter fighting much better now that he's moving as he ties Hagler up inside and pushes him off. Minter with a nice right jab. Miss with the right jab. Nice left cross over the top. End of round one. The first half of the round was dominated by Hagler when they were going toe-to-toe, -to -toe and Minter's bleeding because they're, they're working over the cut. He's already bleeding on the left eye, which makes sense because that right jab of a cannon was landing the entire first half of the fight as they showed a replay. That round could have gone either way. Man, um, I'm going to give that round to Minter because I thought he did enough in the second half of the round to slightly edge Hagler in the first round. You see the Petronelli brothers, Goody and Pat, talking to Hagler. Hagler, like my father told me coming into this fight, was determined not to leave England without the undisputed middleweight championship of the world in his possession. We're getting ready for round two. September 27, 1980, Alan Minter for the second time defending his undisputed middleweight championship of the world. Minter readjusted, readjusted his plan. Ooh, nice stiff right jab by Hagler and began to move the second half of the first round, which great fighters have to make those adjustments, especially when you're fighting one of the greatest middleweights that was ever born. Nice combination by Hagler inside. Both men, both men pumping their jabs. Nice left cross by Hagler. Inside he bangs the body. Referee better call. Ask, uh, breaks them and then we go. R round two. 15 rounds for the undisputed middleweight champion of the world. Minta backtracking now, trying to move. Minta goes out. Oh, nice counter right hook. Two-punch combination by Hagler. Hagler with a left hook, a left cross inside. Hagler not, not switching. Oh, nice left cross right hook combination by Hagler. Hagler with a right hook inside. Minta's punches are falling short. Now Minter back to slugging with Hagler, which is a mistake. He was having much more. Ooh, nice uppercut by Hagler inside. 
Hagler with a right hook over the top. Nice left cross by Marvelous Marvin Hagler. Minter landed a couple of nice left crosses there. Now Minter try, trying to go back to moving, which he has to. He cannot fight toe-to-toe -to -toe with Hagler. He doesn't have the firepower to beat Marvelous Marvin Hagler inside. He's got a box. Hagler putting the pressure on. Everything off that jab. Nice double jab there by Minter. Minter bouncing. Minter bouncing. Nice right jab there by Minter. And then Hagler comes back with his own right jab. Ooh, leaping right hook by Hagler. Left cross by Hagler. Hagler staying soft part of the entire fight has yet to has yet to switch. Which, you know what, he doesn't have to. Cause oh nice left cross over the top by Hagler. Cause he's dominating, just fighting the way he is in softball, putting the pressure on the Minter. Everything off that boomerang of a right jab. Nice left cross by Minter. Ooh, nice shot combination by Minter. Another four-punch combination by Minter. Minter having some success here in the second round. Combination by Minter. Minter goes to the body. Minter having great success in the second half of this round. Oh, nice right uppercut by Hagler. Hagler with a combination inside. The end of the round. Gave that round to Hagler, even though Minter had some... some um, Landed some excellent combos in the second half of the round. Hagler carried the round for most of the round. So I've got it. Second round to Hagler. Give the first round of Minter 10-9. I give the second round to Hagler 10-9. I got a 19-19 going into the third round. As they show the uppercuts that Hagler landed inside that nice combination early in the round. Hagler looking serene, looking intense, looking calm, like he always did throughout his entire career. One of the most cerebral fighters that ever fought. One of the greatest fighters of all time. On my Mount Rushmore of fighters that I've seen since I started watching boxing in 1977. Here we go, round three. Hagler stalking Minter, Minter on his toes, as he should be. Oh, nice combination by Hagler. Oh, nice left cross inside by Hagler. Minter moving, moving. That jab is not landing, though. Nice stiff jab by Hagler. A master cutting off the ring with that jab. Like I said, the single greatest boxer puncher I've ever seen. He could beat, he outslugs the boxers like he's doing with Minter today. Oh, beautiful right hook by Hagler. Hagler inside. Oh, and Minter's bleeding badly now, ladies and gentlemen. Minter is bleeding badly. Hagler, Hagler, that cut has, has opened up huge on the left eye of Alan Minter as Hagler's a towel. Oh, nice right hook inside by Hagler. Hagler with a combination. Hagler with an uppercut. Hagler feasted on that blood like a shark. Oh, cow. Right hook. Left. Oh, left cross by Hagler. Hagler all the way on top. Hagler is all on top. An uppercut inside by Hagler. 
call, calls the doctor. He calls the doctor. He stops the action. He calls the doctor. That left eye is badly bleeding. It's over. It is over. Finally, after years of being ducked, after years of fighting in poverty, marvelous Marvin Hagler is the undisputed middleweight champion in the world. And here comes the debris. Oh, my God. This is, this is horrible. This is horrible. The fans are throwing beer bottles into the ring. Hagler's corner is protected. Hagler from all these bottles, beer bottles being thrown in the ring. And here come the London Bobbies as they get Hagler out the ring. And ladies and gentlemen, this was one of the most disgraceful crowd actions I've ever seen in my entire life of watching boxing. And ladies and gentlemen, y'all can pause it right now. I am going to play the aftermath of the ABC Why World of Sports broadcast after I read my article that I wrote the day that Marvin Hagler died. It's called The Night Hagler Became Marvelous. Um, this article was published two and a half years ago on FightGameMedia.com. Um, I will read the article and then I will play the aftermath of Hagler winning. And an interview Hagler did a few days after the fight as Howard Cosell was unable to get Hagler to do a post-fight interview because of the near riot that was taking place there in Wembley Arena. So now on to the article I wrote back in March of 2021. All right, before I play Hagler's post-fight interview he did a few days after his destruction of Alan Minter, and before I play the aftermath of the fight, as soon as the fight was over, you hear Howard Cosell, while underneath a table, protected himself from the debris flying all over the arena, the disgraceful actions of the British fans that night at the Wembley Arena. I want to read an article I wrote the day Mar Marvelous Marvin Hagler died. Right after Marvelous Marvin Hagler died in March of 2021, and still to this day, I don't know the cause of death by the Marvelous One, what caused Marvin Hagler's death. And I'm not going to speculate. The rumors are out there. Um, I'm just going to say that I was shocked. The boxing world was shocked. And even Marvin Hagler's longtime rival turned friend, Thomas Hearns had uh, serious questions about Marvelous Marvin Hagler's death. But I'm going to leave that alone. I'm going let to the, let the legend rest in peace. And I will just read the article I wrote the day he died back in March of 2021. For those that want to read this article and several other articles I've written on boxing throughout the years, fightgamemedia.com and just type in my name Robert Silver and you'll see the over 200 articles I've written throughout the years on fightgamemedia.com and as I wrote back in March of 2021 
Rob, if God ever created the perfect built, the perfectly built boxer, it was marvelous Marvin Hagler. That was my father, Roberto Silva Sr., describing Hagler's physique the first time we saw him fight back in 1978 against Doug Demings. Just a few hours ago, another icon of my childhood passed away. Marvelous Marvin Hagler was one of the three greatest softball fighters in boxing history. Only Pernell Whitaker and Manny Pacquiao were on his levels in terms of lefty greatness. Hagler was also one of the greatest boxer punches who ever lived and who was also the most avoided fighter of the 1970s. After his controversial draw in his fight that I talked about early in the podcast, November 30th, 1979, against Antifermo, Hagler had to wait 10 months before securing another shot at the 160-pound undisputed champion. This time, it would be against another softball, the slick boxer from Great Britain and Antifermo's conqueror, Alan Minter. It was the night Hagler became marvelous. The weeks leading up to the fight would be marred by an insensitive racist remark by Minter. Minter, upset that Hagler refused to shake his hand before Hagler's fight with Anna Fermo, vowed that he did not intend to lose his title to a black man. Hagler responded by stating, he will pay for saying that when we meet at Wembley. Minter would pay with his blood. The fight was held at London's Wembley Arena with a raucous sellout crowd of over 12,000 fans. Hagler's body looked like an African king, while Minter looked, his, looked like his normal self, a decent-looking physique that paled in comparison to the brick house of a body Hagler had. My father and I sat in front of our black-and-white television in the living room, anticipating a dominant win by the challenger. Pop had been telling me since I started watching boxing three years prior to this fight that Hagler was the best-kept secret in boxing. The 26-year-old challenger from Brockton, Massachusetts, had a hunger my father claimed that combined with his incredible skills inside the ring were an unbeatable combination. There was no way Marvin was going to lose to Minter this evening. Round one was evenly fought as both men consistently landed at right jabs. Hagler had a cannon for a right jab, and still, to this day, I've never seen a more potent jab by a softball than Hagler's. Round two was all Hagler as he landed several combinations off the backtracking Minter's face, resulting in the champion's nose being busted open. Pop and I were hollering at the television as we were loving the damage Hagler was inflicting on the champion. The carnage would increase tenfold in round three. Hagler came out like a shark that smelled blood. For the first 90 seconds of round three, Hagler landed several scintillating combinations that opened up massive cuts on both of Minter's eyes. Minter was badly hurt when referee Carlos Benicala stepped in and stopped the fight. Immediately, the Wembley crowd began throwing bottles and other debris into the ring at Hagler. Hagler's cornerman, the Petronelli brothers, shielded Hagler from the flying objects being hurled this way. The London Bobbies were able to get Marvin out of the ring before the rowdy fans could do physical harm to the new, undisputed middleweight champion of the world. After the fight ended, my father proclaimed that Hagler would not lose the title anytime soon as there wasn't a middleweight on his planet that could carry his jock, jock strap. 
Mintu was never the same after being massacred by Hagler, retiring a year later after losing two of his next three fights. Despite the crowd's pro protest the night he lost, Minter did not make any excuses the night he was bludgeoned by Hagler. The fact is that he was overwhelmed by a man who was just simply marvelous on the night of September 27th, 1980. Now, ladies and gentlemen, I want to wish everybody out there continued happy holidays and a beautiful holiday celebration. We have a lot of boxing uh, episodes, a lot of <laughs> content, I, like I promised, twice a week up until now in the new year. So enjoy the holiday seasons with the OG, OG Rob Silver. Enjoy the post-fight interview. Enjoy the, rec uh, the, the recollection of the damn near riot that occurred after... Hagler stopped Alan Mitzer as I'm going to play that to end the podcast until Sunday morning when I come out with the Demetrius Andrade versus David Benavidez recap show. I want everybody out there to continue to enjoy the holidays in America. I hope you guys enjoyed your Thanksgiving. And throughout the world, I want everybody to continue to be blessed and be a blessing.
not that I have anything against England. The small people that created the problem there, I understand because it could happen here, it could happen anywhere in the world. But uh, the way how I feel is, you know, it's you have to be a little nervous. Here I was, uh, the moment of my glory, the things that I've been waiting for all my life, and I was deprived of it. And it happened in London. Uh, I love London in a sense because it's got a lot of uh, history behind it. And I would like to take my wife and my family back again and, and to look at London again. But maybe under different circumstances, not fighting. 